0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Shalom and welcome to Aisha Torah here in the Holy City of Jerusalem. The Practical Spirituality Series and today we're talking about the afterlife. What happens to you when you die? What do you mean when I die? Who says I'm going to die? I. I said it. So we're going to talk about afterlife today. Uh, a couple announcements. Uh, one is I'm leaving for the US um, mm, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday night, and I will be in Seattle, Washington, running a big Shabbaton there. Um, everyone's welcome. Do you know what the Rab- rabbi Brody's shul is called? Do you know the n- BMCH? BMCH is Rabbi Brody. I'll be at BMCH for Shabbat. Uh, very much worth joining that. If you're overseas, um, anywhere in the Pacific Northwest, please come to Seattle for Shabbos. Um, and then I will be in Los Angeles for a few days, seeing my parents. May they be well. Thank God they're doing well. And uh, and then I will be in New York City. Starting Friday morning, I'm running a Shabbaton in, in, uh, for Hasidim called Shabbos Kerftani, And there's still signups available if you're Hasidic. And, uh, and, the, and then there's, um, and then I'm running a possible use seminar for men and women in Muncie, New York, which will start, uh, Sunday, the 18th. And I may, I don't, I'm still waiting for the word. I may be playing a big concert with a full band with, for the Russians in, um, Brighton beach, Russian, you know, former Soviet union party animals. So pizza and beer. Anyway, but I'll be back here in two weeks, and uh, uh, please, God, we'll get back to business here. Uh, My seminar's kind of flipped to Hebrew in Israel, so I'm sorry that I can't really offer anything to anyone here. Um, There will be women's ones in Hebrew, men's ones in Hebrew, but I am going to run English ones for men in the end of the winter, Uh, more towards Purim. Oh, and our executive trip for graduates is going to be in Costa Rica. Please, God, uh, between uh, ten uh, November 10th through the 15th, an executive trip for graduates of my seminar work. So uh, if you're an executive and you're a graduate, please join. I don't see any executive graduates here. But uh, so it's, it's a little more cost prohibitive to fly to Costa Rica and be in a resort for a week. But, uh, that, but that's just got put on the map. Which is really exciting. Um, I, I just haven't told my manager yet that she has to make sure that it's at a really good surf spot, meaning whatever resort we're at has to have killer waves, <laughs> so I can be surfing, you know, each day on the uh, on the workshop. Um, Got to teach all these guys how to surf, maybe. Um, okay, and the and the last thing I want to say to y'all was about oh. My website is, um, is, I need someone to finish my website. Someone started it and didn't finish it. So anyone who knows anyone, please message me to um, uh, WhatsApp me to please help me finish my website. Uh, so would be someone with some experience who'd like the rabbi's website to be amazing. The afterlife, here we go. Now, the afterlife is really the before life because the we're talking about a, the world of souls and the world of souls is both before and after your life so it's not like it's not like the afterlife's just this thing coming later that isn't a continuation of something let me tell you something deep and cosmic right at the beginning none of your life that you've experienced so far nor are the rest of it will have been within an elapse of time no time will have elapsed from your birth till your death Zero time will have (laughs) elapsed. Because time is part of the creation where your soul has been put. Your soul does not know how to tell time, okay? It doesn't know time, it's like a toddler. You you can't ask a two-year-old what time it is. It's always now. It is always now for the toddler. And so is it always now for us too? It's just that when you grow up, you start to get involved in psychological time and so you don't realize that there really is always now and nothing else. There's always now. You have this, you have a, unfortunately for all of us, myself included, <laughs> me a little less maybe, but you have this concept of like past and future as if those are realities and you're somehow like, you know, you're like, I don't know how to draw people so much. <laughs> so you're just kind of, I don't know how to try So you're like moving through reality here. So you believe there's something called time and that you're walking through it. You're like somehow moving through time as if time exists. But there is no such thing as time. There's only just this moment and this moment and this moment and this moment and this moment. How could it be any other way? I mean, show me a minute ago. Show me a minute from now. Show me a second ago. Show me a second. Ago. <laughs> it doesn't they just don't exist. At all. At all. Like uh, yesterday does not exist at all. Nowhere, nothing. Zero. I mean you may have a USB of something you watched yesterday, but it, it's exists now. Only. There's no such thing as past or future. They don't exist. Now because of the success of nows, there's lots of nows, lots and lots and lots of nows coming through. Because of the succession of now, we get to make choice. We have to predict things. We have to get predictive. Well, how are you going to predict things? How does anyone predict things? How do you predict anything? How, does the, how do they predict the weather? How do they predict markets and stocks and real estate? How do you predict things? What do you need a lot of?
1: Computer power.
0: You need a lot of Data. <laughs> And where do you, where's that data coming from? It's coming from the past. So you need a lot of data from the past. Now all that past happened only in the now. All the past happened in the now. But with all that data, now you can maybe talk about how things in the now are gonna work out as the now moves along. Now you have a part of your brain that's called the default mode network, the DMN. And the default mode network's job is prediction. Your job is prediction. And the older you get, the more predictive it gets, which is a little sad because you know, you're know, you predicting things that are right in front of your face. Meaning, meaning they say that you see 10% of reality when you're walking. You know, you're just walking through the old city. Meaning stuff's there, you're not focused on it, but your predictive mind will do the rest for you. It paints in the detail. And they even say there's a blind spot between our two eyes. There's a little bit of a blind spot, but your brain paints it in predictively. Toddlers, again, they also don't know time and they also don't know how to predict. They don't have enough data. (laughs) Two-year-olds don't have the data to predict. And therefore, they are happy because happy people aren't in time. The more time you're allowing into your life, the more unhappy you're going to be. The less time you're allowing into your life, the happier you will be. I mean, let's just look at anxiety, for example. I mean, everyone has something they're going to have to do this year. Yeah, some stuff. Yeah, you got stuff you got to do. So let's say my elbow is now. So here's now, and this is future. So that's all the stuff you're going to have to do, right? So, so if you're if you want to be happy, you want to be here. But what happens is, well, we're always here. This is now. My elbow is now. But what happens is, there's people. If you're more like me, where future is just nothing but that. It's not interesting now. I'll make some plans. I'll make the right phone calls. Like, I, I have enough data to know that I do have to get in contact with certain people. And, you know, make some kind of logisticals, logistical arrangements. I know that. It's fine. Yeah, you know, When I get to LAX, I, before I fly from Seattle, I would probably get to LAX and then call my mom. But before I fly from Seattle, I will call my mother. Because I've had enough time showing up places. And just sitting there waiting for people to pick me up because I didn't think about calling them before I actually arrived in their city. So, so the, anyway, so I'm pretty <coughs> flat, but how many of you are more like this? And by the way, there's a lot of oil here. So things start sliding, sliding, like the futures kind of slides into the now quite a bit for you. We're actually kind of worried about stuff and like how you're going to deal with things. And then there's people who are more like this, where like even more is sliding in. But then there's people, and these are the people who have anxiety, and they're generally, on, in 2018, they're on medication, because we like to medicate anybody who lacks well-being. You know, If you lack well-being, we've got a pill for you. So um, anyway, so, the, so there's people who actually live like this, where the future has collapsed into the now. And they can have panic attacks. Full, they all have full anxiety over what's going to be coming. So what I'm, really di- what I'm ultimately showing you right now is that, is that psychological time can manifest in, um, in, uh, in mental illness. If you call anxiety a mental illness, but I think the psychological and psychiatric world does. Because I see they prescribe for it. So I imagine it's a mental illness. And what it comes from is people who've been living their lives in psychological time. Now, why, what does that have to do with anything in Judaism, psychological time? And the answer is, is that Judaism tells us, and we say it every single morning, that Hashem is machadesh betuvah behoyem tamid maaseverashes. That Hashem is perpetually renewing the entire action of Genesis. God's renewing the actions, the ten actions. There were ten actions. There was the word Genesis, the word Bereshi, and then nine other let there be's, which include vegetation and uh, and mineral. You know, let the land be upon the earth. That's the mineral. Let the vegetation be upon the, uh, sorry, let the land be upon the waters and let the vegetation be upon the land and fish and fowl and, Animals and all that; those, call, those all came with the words "Let there be," Vayehi, which are God's names, by the way. Ba, vav, and Hay, and Yud, vay. Vayehi, Those are names of God, and, and that's God doing stuff. Whenever you got the Yuds and the Hayes and all that, that's where God's like creating stuff. And so, and so, God's sending out creation through these ten beams of light, you could call them, and. And then, and the creation comes from there. Well, he's renewing that every second, constantly. It's being renewed right now. All ten. Which is amazing that he's doing that, because if he stopped doing one of them, we'd all be in a lot of trouble right now. You know, if he took out mineral right now, that'd be a little scary, considering the floor of this room is made of mineral. That'd be pretty awful. But let's say he keeps mineral, he takes out... uh uh, fowl. So then I guess whatever nutrients are in your body from chicken over Shabbos or something, that'd be gone. You know, I'd be stuck cause I had fish for dinner last night. <laughs> that wouldn't be good if he took away fish. And, uh, uh, if he'd said, let there, if he stopped saying, let there be like, if God just stopped saying for a couple seconds, the words, let there be vegetation upon the earth. So you would all be naked right now. And this class would get really interesting and I would be clothed because I'm wearing a wool vest and wool pants. So I'd be all set and the rest of you would be in serious trouble. Now, the, unless you're wearing polyester, which, which is made ultimately of, of petroleum, I guess. So you're, you're back to minerals, so you'd be fine if you're wearing polyester. But those Levi's would be gone. Man. I think your shoes are leather. The only thing you'd be wearing is your shoes. (laughs) People would be like, you know, they just so wanted to give him a compliment, and they just didn't know what to do. So they were just like, nice shoes, (laughs) Natano. He's like, thanks, this is really awkward. So, anyway. Anyway, so the whole world is coming into existence via these ten utterances. <laughs> and you don't need Judaism for this to know this. I mean, this, all, all you have to do is know a bit of physics to know this. This is like, this is like basic quantum physics today. To know that the world is existing in vibrational energy. Like, what do you think, this is English? This is not English. We know. I'm sending out vibrational patterns that are coming in massive mathematical equations across the room, hitting your eardrum, going from your eardrum, straight through the, this nerve pattern that goes to the neurons. The neurons are either firing or not firing. You know, they're binary. You have billions of neurons that are matching it to, you know, they just fire or don't fire, but there's also a part of your brain that matches it to every time you, to the data of the past. Remember we mentioned that part of you? <laughs> the, in the default mode network is, ma- that's your time travel ability. So it's matching it to every time you've ever heard English. Now, if someone from China was here who didn't speak English, their neurons would be doing the same exact math as you. It's just that it wouldn't have the data. Also, if there was a two-year-old in here, what if there was a two-year-old in here who speaks fluent English? How would that two-year-old be doing right now? Very bad. Very bad. It just doesn't have the data for what's going on in here. And so it would just totally miss this because toddlers' default mode networks are no good. I, I had an amazing experience where I met the happiest person I ever met. And um, he has a disease where he doesn't have a default mode network, which means you really got to keep an eye on this guy. <laughs> you know, like, he must be with someone always. And he, But that's his only issue. And he looks like you and me. You know, he's just walking around like, I mean, he's got to have someone with him, but he's just walking around. It's amazing he knows how to walk, you know, but he can because he's kind of walking around most of the time. Probably in the morning it's rough. Like, when he gets out of bed, it's probably a little bit of like, you know. Because we only walk based on the default mode network's ability to walk from the past. But there's also muscle memory. I think probably muscle memory is enough for him. Anyway, he's uh, he's the happiest person I ever met. He's such an amazing person. And uh, anyway, but, but the story is that many years ago, I was with a student of mine, who today's an Israeli tour guide. Amazing guy. And, um, but he was just like coming to Israel. And he was sitting like you guys, you know, like Rabbi Glazer. You know, and... And, you know, today he's like a family man with like, he really made it in Israel, like many of my students who stick with me. Uh, I hate to sell my, my ability to be a rabbi for people, but I'll tell you one thing, that some people think I'm too out of the box to be like their rabbi because it's too scary because I'm gonna challenge you big time to push limits and, and not let your fears be your guide to stop driving with your rear-view mirror. Yeah, can you imagine how much trouble you get in driving, always looking through your rear-view mirror, see what everyone else is doing, see what's going on, like, see what they think and all that stuff. That's And that's only one fear, that's fear of rejection. You know, but they, but the I refuse to let my students have their fear guide them in their lives. And so what happens is I get these people who are like, I just need a more, okay, I'll become observant, Rabbi Glazer, but I'm going to have a rabbi who's a little more conservative. You know, like someone who's like safer. And then what do they do? They go marry like this super safe, you know, businessman or something. Or she marries, or he marries this like super safe girl who's like, she's so nice. Like, how many times can you use the word nice about a person until you want to puke? You know? So he marries this nice girl, a good girl. Yeah?
1: And,
0: and then. But here's the crazy part. The crazy part is that so many of these people crash and burn in ways, because you know, I'm doing this for over, 20, I'm almost at three decades of being a rabbi. They're crash and burn in the worst possible ways. The, the, I mean, there's big crash and burn stuff. And it's horrible, too, because it's like, you know, because there's children involved, and there's, like, there's just so much involved. It's, it's really horrific. And and um I've never ever ever had one of my students yes I push hard and yes I didn't let fear stop them but I've never had a crash and burn. No one's ever crashed and burned. No one. In two and a half decades of guiding people and guiding couples and families and stuff. No one's ever crashed and burned. Nobody. Well why? <laughs> I'm the risk I'm the risky rabbi. <laughs> I'm the rabbi who's dangerous, you know, like like, you'll have to take risks to get guided by me. And the, re- the reason is, is because if you take risks, you learn all kinds of stuff. But when you play safe, there's goblins and all kinds of pitfalls and dirt caves and bats and everywhere that you just chose not to look at. You just don't want to look at that stuff. And well, when you don't look at stuff that's really of a problem, that's really of issue, and you think you can just go and be nice and tell everyone your Shabbos was very nice. And, and, you know, how was Shabbos? Very nice. How was the wedding? Very nice. How was the engagement? Very nice. What did you think of the color? Very nice. You know. If you want to live a life on glue like that, you know, sniffing glue and saying everything's very nice, You're not going to know how to deal with the stuff that God throws at you. God throws stuff at us. And you've got to know how to navigate. You've got to know big time how to navigate. I just got back just now from three hours of the most intense off-road downhilling. I'm coming down rock slabs that you couldn't walk down without a rope. And I'm on my mountain bike coming down these rock slabs and and... You know, and then climbing up this next thing and then dropping out like where you can't even see where you're dropping to. And then you're going to land it onto your suspension just like <sighs> when you land and then bang, you're going to the next crazy things. And it, there's, there's tons of calculation involved, tons, like, like levels of calculation that, that are mind boggling to be able to do the ride I just took. And most people don't take that particular trail. Because it's not, it's not safe unless you can make the calculations in real time. Which is like now. You know, Really now, now, now. Three hours straight. But the, uh, but the playing it safe is the most dangerous thing you can do. That's what I'm saying. You want danger? Play it safe. It's really dangerous. And I spend so much of my life picking up the pieces of safe people. People who play it safe. God did not make this world safe it is not a safe world he's the creator learn how to walk with risk learn how to dance in, with some chaos in your life and and learn from it learn how to move so that so that when the bigger stuff starts hitting you know you're just your muscle memory goes right into action so my um so this dear student of mine that was all parenthetical by the way uh my my student he um He was telling, you know, he would tell me from time to time about his, about his disabled brother, and, you know, and you have to be with him, and he's disabled, and it's a big deal, and, like, who's watching him, and can I really be in Israel right now, because, like, you know, my parents are on this, but I'm kind of one of the majorly responsible people involved with him, and how long can I really study for, and so he would go back and forth a lot to take care of his brother. Uh, about two years ago I was at the hotel, and um, when I'm at the hotel Friday night I rarely pray I only found this out later because I'm so busy loving everybody that I forget to pray I don't mean to not pray and I keep joining various minions at various times but but like <coughs> like to actually do the prayers I'll be like in the middle of getting somewhere with it when all of a sudden I don't know a birthright group You know, and they're like holding their sitters upside down and they're wearing those like disposable keepers that are flying through the air. And and so I got to go help them. You know, I got to go talk to them about prayer and like explain things, you know. And, And otherwise, I mean, they'll have a great experience at the hotel, but it'll but it could be even more enhanced. And especially with all these black hat and fur hatted, Hasidim who won't even look at them, you know, because they're just, like, not Hasidic. And, you know, I want to be the guy in the fur hat with a pass who looked at them, who said hi, you know, who said, hey, can I help you find the page here? He's like, oh, my gosh, I must be Jewish. You know, because with the rest of the Hasidim, they probably feel like Gentiles. And whereas I, you know, I have strong Judah, by the way. Some of them are Gentiles in birthright a very strong judar. When I walk through a birthright grip, I'm like, like, okay, Jewish father. Uh, Not Jewish father, not Jewish mother. Jewish mother, Jewish mother, Jewish mother, Jewish father. Shalom, welcome, welcome. Uh, Yeah, thank you for uh, grabbing some chairs. We got two chairs coming right up. Wow, you're fast, brother. Let's sit them together. They look like they know each other. How long you all known each other? Uh, 45 years? Oh, man, that's amazing. 45 years. <laughs> anyway, um... Whatever, like, I could be there for three, four hours. I only found out I don't really pray there when, when, um... Uh, when I got home one Shabbos and I'm about to make Kiddush and I noticed my son, I'm like, I'm, I've already said Shalom Aleichem, I'm holding the Kiddush cup and I'm like, getting ready to say Kiddush. When my oldest son starts busting up and I'm like, what's so funny? Stop laughing. Yo, ma, she, she, and he's like,
1: <clears throat>
0: what's so funny? He says, Tati, Tati is Yiddish for daddy. Tati, you never davened. You haven't davened. I'm like, what are you talking about? We were at the hotel for four hours. We only got home at 11.30. Yeah.
1: He's like, you,
0: you never davened in those four hours. I was with you the whole time. You never davened. I'm like, what do you mean we did Kabbalah Shabbat with those people? He's like, yeah, you got about halfway, you know. And then he's like, and so I, I'm already, I came over at 11. It's now like 11.30. I, I say to my wife and kids, I'm like... I go to my bedroom and am like <laughs> diving as quickly as I can you know just to come back so nobody kills me um, so I'm at the Kotal I'm talking to this guy and he's the happiest guy I've ever met mm-hmm. he's just the happiest guy I've ever met but here's the here's the kicker as a rabbi because you know we also have egos too we also want people to like us and stuff so it was nice to have someone so excited about everything I was saying he was really excited about everything I was saying and he wasn't just excited about what I was saying. Oh, maybe give her that seat because that she likes her, to have her dog by the aisle. Do you mind if she takes that seat? I can say there. I'll sit too. Okay. Whatever you want. Oh, yeah, there's a seat in the corner now for you. We're oh, all good. Are you okay then? This is our famous class dog. What's the dog's name, by the way? My name is Minnie. Minnie. Minnie Oh she's laying down. <laughs> My class never really starts till this dog arrives. <laughs> Minnie. Life, right? I'm sure she has. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we have all kinds of interesting things come into our class. Your dog is the least of them.
1: Now, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> now the um Anyway, I'm talking to this guy. Now, I'm teaching this guy. I'm teaching him, like, everything I've ever known about Shabbat for the last, like, 20 years. Because he's eating it up. He's eating it up. He's eating it up. Like, it's every secret about Shabbat. It's every law of Shabbat and why we do that law of Shabbat. I mean, the guy's like, and everything I tell him, he's like this. So I just can't stop. I'm with him for, like, 45 minutes, you know, at the hotel instead of praying. I'm explaining them all about your mind. He's just like, <sighs> anyway. I finally tell him, "Listen, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> I can't keep talking to you." He's like, I'll, I'll walk you to the bathroom."
1: <laughs>
0: so, so, but the bathrooms weren't right here. They were; uh, these were under construction when they built them. So you had to cross all the way over, which is like for me is going to be another half hour of birthright groups and whatever. But he, I'm talking to him the whole way. I finally get to the bathrooms over there. When my student from years ago, who today is a tour guide, comes running up to me, panicked, panicked, and says, Oh my God, you found him! (laughs) (laughs) I've been talking to someone with no memory. (laughs) There's no past or future with this guy. He doesn't remember anything I've said I nothing nothing not one thing not even the last thing I told him is there he has no memory whatsoever there's no past or future for him I found the next guy to teach to like someone to teach you know I want to teach came here to, came to this earth to do it and here I had a perfect victim he he knew none of what I said. Nothing. We're speaking about a person who has a, 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 ladies, a nice lady and gentleman back there. You're a little late in the story, but there, there was a person who's got a mental illness that he doesn't have past or future. It's his default mode of network doesn't work. That's where you are able to check data and memory to predict future moves. That's how you get up and down stairs and stuff. So, anyway. Whoa... But I'm telling you, all my life I've met a lot of happy people. Probably met more sad people, but he was by far the happiest person I've ever met. Which tells you that psychological time is not the answer. You don't want to be hanging out there too much. You don't want to hang out there really at all. You just want to be learning from the past and pre- and preparing for the future. That's a learn and plan, learn and plan, learn and plan, learn and plan, learn and plan. But where life occurs is now, 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 now. Life occurs right now. Learn from the past. You got all the data in there. Thank God your default mode network's up and running. And you want to plan for the future. Yeah. Other than that, stay away from time. Time is dangerous. Time is the cause of many mental illness much mental illness. And we already spoke specifically about anxiety. Anxiety is a is a mental illness that is formed by people who have gotten sadly locked into psychological time. Now, we're all locked in the psychological time, but, but you know, you gotta start loosening your grip on it. You know, you gotta let it go. Totally let it go. Not to the point of being irresponsible, obviously. Clear? Now, no time, back to the beginning of our class, no time has elapsed since you were born. Why? Because time is a purely psychological thing. And you, yourself, your actual conscious being, that meaning the part that's listening to me right now. You guys notice that there's someone in you listening? Have you noticed that? Who is that in you listening? Certainly not your face. <laughs> Faces don't listen, although they're quite expressive when I'm speaking today. So your face isn't listening. Well, maybe it's your ears. Nope. Your ears just have a tympanic membrane. It's just a little eardrum. It just gets vibrations. So that's not listening. Well, who is listening to me? Well, maybe it's all those neurons. You're not a neuron. Maybe a nerd, but you're not a neuron. So, just kidding. You're not a nerd either. But you're not a neuron. Neurons are microscopic little doodads that either fire or don't fire. They're networked with all the other neurons. Well, that's not what's listening to me. So who is it that's listening to me right now? Who, meaning, who are you that's listening to me? And the answer is, well, the answer is really, you have no idea, and I have no idea. That's why I started this class with saying, I have no idea who I am, because how could I know? How could I know? It's not something that's part of the physical world. I, I know some things about my body. I know some things about my history. I know you know I know I'm from an Ashkenazic tradition. Uh, in my family jeans and stuff like that they're Ashkenazi but uh, who I am I know I'm present here I'm like totally present here I'm sensing the cool air it's a little too cold actually and I'm sensing my the fabric of my clothing everyone sense your fabric of your clothing you're you're sensing the uh, is it too cold everyone yeah, just turn it turn it up two notches. The turn up the uh, yeah, um, sense the fabric of your clothing if you're touching something sense it. But that, that's but you're the consciousness sensing it. The neurons report to you, but you are not your neurons. They're just reporting to you. And that part of you is eternal. That part of you is eternal. It, I mean, think about it. The only thing that, uh, first of all, it, it exists in real time, that consciousness exists in real time. It's only your DMN network that can do the time travel stuff and make you think there's such a thing as future intent. That's only your DMN. Your, consci- your DMN is not you either. It's, it's a function of the brain. But the actual you is not in time at all. So then you might be wondering, well, how can I have anxiety... Listen, how can I have anxiety if the real me is always right here, right now? How can I ever have anxiety over the future? Isn't it me who is having anxiety? Well, isn't it me then that's worried about time? And the answer is no. It's not you. It's your brain you've been hijacked. The human brain is an extremely complex organ and it has functions to deal with that are for our very survival. They're very, very important. And they are filled with content. Massive amounts of content. You yourself, the consciousness, does not have content. It is merely a receiver. It's a recei- It's like the screen on a computer. It doesn't have a function other than other than to be the interface, you understand, with the user. It does other than being the interface of the user, it doesn't do much. Well, good luck using a computer without a screen, but, but it, you need that. That's not where all the action's going on. The action's going on inside the brain of the computer. So you are the interface. And your highly, highly developed complex brain ...which is filled with content... ...has had... ...no problem... ...hijacking you. Meaning you've been hijacked by your own brain. You keep thinking... ...that you are... ...your thoughts. (coughs) but you are not your thoughts you have thoughts your brain is thinking but you're the interface you are, you're the consciousness you're, you're that screen that interfaces with the brain you're not your brain and though your brain is busy with tons of content your own identity never should be touched by your brain's thinking you don't have to be a genius to be a genius. Meaning you don't have to be a genius to enjoy the power of your brain. All you need to do is take a deep breath and be present. And suddenly your brain becomes available, comes available, comes online. Because now it's yours to be used. It becomes a tool rather than an identity. Why don't we all take use it as an exercise, right? Now, let's all have an exercise where we will um, let our brain be nothing more than that. A tool for, what did I call it? A tool for, I don't remember. Whatever, a functional tool of data and with all its content. But we ourselves will be the viewer. We're going to view our brain. We'll view the data by just being quiet. So why don't we on three we we'll, we're gonna, on, I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to four, everyone snap with both fingers. Okay, so it'll be like this, just watch me first. One, two, three. And then we'll snap when I would have said four. And, and then at that moment, and when I get to one, by the way, can you please shut off the AC at one so we get total silence, okay? So get ready for one. Get ready, get your snappers ready, get your snappers. We're gonna snap both fingers and we are gonna actually allow the brain to be nothing more, nothing more than an extremely complex content data organizer. Nothing more than that, we are the conscious being. We are not our thoughts or we're not the brain and we're not the thoughts in the brain. One, two, three. Forget to breathe. You are now viewing, you're viewing life now as a conscious being in the moment. There's not a lot of content right now because the brain tends to shut up when you stare at it. I mean, your brain wouldn't really speak up right now. It's like getting your hand caught in the cookie jar because it's been, it's been hijacking you with content, 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 content until you've ultimately become that content mostly because of your lack of discipline as a thinker anyone can do this this is not some advanced thing here this is just basic life it's you, it's your presence it's this eternal soul that only relates to now Let's do it again with double snap, and then after this one, we'll breathe a little. You can sit. After that, we'll breathe a little, and then we'll turn back on the HC just so we can breathe. Unless everyone's happy, quiet like this. You guys like it? Quiet. I like quiet. We'll turn it on in a minute, a couple minutes. When you feel it's time. I trust you. Okay, you Ready? Okay, but everyone get in your position so you're not gonna make any sounds. You did perfectly. That last one was perfect. There was no sounds. And and by the way, the ambient sounds of the construction site down there, that's great. You know, like why not? You know, like that's what's happening. And sometimes my kids are screaming and sometimes my wife is no, I'm just kidding. It's, sometimes my kids are screaming, and sometimes my wife is saying something, and and it's just it's just perfect. That's what's going on. So I don't need incense, candles, and you know a Himalayan mountaintop for this. Happy to hear chainsaws and banging on a construction site. Ready? Oh, bye. Oh, I'm not going on. <laughs> you are so good. You are just so good. You're good to a fault. I
1: just can't remind you.
0: <laughs> You're good to a fault. He comes in to make sure I get out of here for Rabbi Nekemar's class. Okay. But Rabbi Nekemar's on vacation. Ready? One, two, three. Intent brain. You're not your brain. You know. It's good you have one. It's very helpful. But you're, why should you be the victim of your brain? I mean, would any of you let me tell you what to do? No. So why would you let your brain tell you what to do? <laughs> it's just another random random thing. Why would you let, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Would you let me tell you who you are? Would any of you let me tell you who you are? No. So why would you let your brain tell you who you are? We're gonna take it a little step deeper now into self-image. Who are you, really? Who are you if not who your brain's been saying you are all these years? Back to the subject of fears. Where'd you get those fears? Where'd you get all your fear? Well, it must be it's connected to something in your brain that keeps telling you that things are dangerous. Well, that's a good thing because you don't want to get hurt, right? And I was just driving, I don't even know how fast, 120 miles per hour down the highway. It's a good time to have some fear, had a seatbelt on. Watching my mirrors. Watching my mirrors, you know, being as careful as possible. Fear's a good thing. As long as it's real. That's real, highways are real. But how much of your life has been governed by, when I say governed, it's like, it's like on the electric bike, you know, the legal speed is 25. So if you're going 30, the motor's not working anymore. How, how much of your life has been governed by fears that are not part of your database, except for the fact that they've been imposed. It's not your actual life experience. They're fears that were imposed, maybe by a fearful mother, or maybe by a fearful father, or a fearful bubby or Zadie, grandparents, or maybe you were you were one of these people who was a loose clicker on the internet and saw scary stuff. Or you maybe saw too many movies and stuff like that. Or maybe you read too much news. I mean, you can live in a town in America where, there hasn't, where there's like almost no crime rate, but your daily paper talks about crime because there's 300 million people in the country. And so if someone does un- heinous enough crime, which seems to happen every day over there, it's gonna show up on your paper in your little town. Is that gonna make you feel safer or more fear? more fear but fear in this case is false evidence appearing real F-E-A-R false evidence appearing real because you live in a safe town and that's a good thing it's good to live in a safe town the brain when you were a toddler was totally free like Really free and full of confidence. You have no fear at all. When you're a toddler, do you have a fear of rejection? By the way, if anyone needs to go, maybe, maybe let's take a break for people who are uncomfortable I have to go, but they're just being nice. Anyone has to go? Because normally there's a break here. So, so anyone who must go should just take a moment. Anyone have a random question? Not a random question, but on the subject? Yeah, we're still getting to the afterlife, by the way. Yeah, what's your question? My question is not about
1: the afterlife. About, will it? Can we talk about that? For
0: a minute, yeah. Okay. Anyone got a smartphone that we can play meditation music on? Smartphone. I do. I I got this one. Let's go
1: to
0: YouTube. uh, Six-hour Relaxation. Uh, YouTube six hour relaxation. It'll have. There's several of them. It's the one with the shell. Right. Wait, wait. He asked about. He already asked. Yeah. What's your question?
1: Where is
0: that? What literature is it in? Yes. Um, only, I,
1: appears once.
0: I think. But, uh, I, l- l- um, I think it's in the Zohar. The crazy. Uh, Do you know where it appears? Crazy
1: girl. She appears
0: once in um I think she's in the Zohar. Yeah. She appears
1: once in the time. See this one. Yeah. I mean, it's really a good one. I know someone who I think I know
0: someone who got websites. I but, a, 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 that does what websites? Oh great. Yeah, Thank I you. Thank you. To, Is he fabulously wealthy and he'd do it for free? Is that a, all you want to know?
1: anything about
0: her? Or does some she was, she was a part of the Garden of Eden. She was uh, trying to dominate Adam. Adam threw her out. I
1: thought she wanted equal rights and that's why God and Adam threw her
0: out. I never learned that. I learned she tried to dominate him. And he threw her out. Or should I say he threw her off. And not going into graphics and he um, and he and then she became a demon and she became a demon and she and she she lives off of the seed of men that is not yeah that is not um, from a any seed that's not Uh, coming forth in a kosher way. As long as it's kosher, Lilith can't get it. If it's not kosher, she's really the one behind it. So I think what men should do just to chill out a bit is... They should get a really freaky Medusa-looking, like, horrific Lilith mask. And <coughs> if he was thinking that way about someone at a bar or something, in a, a club or something, you should ask her to wear that mask. What does that just you on? <laughs> uh, not, uh, then you just don't understand what demons are. <laughs> <laughs> No one understands it and ha- it gets turned on. But uh, Peter, one second, we got a couple questions, Peter. So, uh, so the relationship between like the soul and about the criminal you know, stuff
1: and the uh, like children or uh, you know, parents or ancestors and stuff—is there any kind of like special connection or any kind of relationship where it's all just kind of differentiated? Does that make sense. Ask it again? So, like an individual soul and what the relationship between the family is to their parents or
0: their children? Uh huh, uh-huh. What's like the breakdown of the souls? Yeah. yeah, I'm happy to get into that as well. What was your question? Oh, my question was like, a
1: person who's been through trauma, like, um, kind of, I mean, I know from experience, like, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out like how they can stop, you know, living, living like, in the past, and also just, like it, it's just, like so much anxiety about the future as well. Because you feel like, you know, it's not going to happen to you in the future. Also, it's like,
0: how do you deal with that kind of fear? hmm So meditation is probably helpful because meditation quiets the default mode network. They've already seen it on MRIs, that the default mode network goes like, it can. I mean, if for an expert, committed meditator, they, um, the default mode network goes almost blank in meditation. So that gives you now a baseline for your day, if you start your day with meditation, which it takes a little time to get there. But if you start that as your baseline, where the default mode network is pretty quiet, now of course you know you don't want to be driving car in meditation because you need the default mode network to drive a car You understand but, but to start your day there and just create a baseline of, uh, you know of, of uh, mental discipline that's that's about all you need. That's about all you should need um, and you can also tap in later in the day to that and you can also create your environment with certain aromas and Sounds like just this sound, for example. This is like imagine this playing in the background, like all day. So that would be pretty interesting. You know, you'd probably be pretty chilled out. You know, a little, little uh, incense wafting in the air and stuff. Yeah, all that Jewish stuff, you know. temple, temple stuff. No one was having anxiety at the temple. I'll tell you that and the incense was in the air, the music was playing, you know, everyone was feeling perfectly in the moment. Yeah. So you can recreate that.
1: Yeah. So, two things. One, just going back to her. Um, Will. Yeah, the hits are out of darkness. All the stuff comes from the same... It's all... There's one... Um, they all come, right? and then one the, what one point from which they all come I mean eventually the, a person can start to realize that even the darkness is, is light itself but before that point they all have it's all technically the same thing just broken up into some kind of yeah and then side point in after this life in the soul of worlds in the world of souls <laughs> Um, do we lose our, our memories because if you're living in them now the world of souls
0: I don't think there's any memory
1: mm-hmm. so if would
0: now if you're wondering if you remember your spouse or your parents or the right. people you'll meet there yeah. not like a regular memory you're not gonna be like oh you remember that day at the park you know and the, okay. we're having a picnic by the lake none of that stuff's going on yeah. it's the people whose souls you share deep connection to would be you know you'd be you wouldn't be like it wouldn't be a conversation it would be a a certain kind of uh, fusion with them you
1: know? but isn't the closest thing that's
0: why confusion. it's so important to get a get for people to get divorced right cuz otherwise they're fused forever isn't and it? that's that's not a good thing for people who want to be divorced you know it's, like that's all a girl needs to find out Is she's going to be fused to ev- forever with this guy And then the guy like dies So she can't get a get you know, Just fused forever Meanwhile married to someone else
1: But isn't the fusion Isn't the closest thing we can feel on earth The fusion like Marital
0: relations The closest we can get to fu- fusion yeah. Well that's kind of Marital relations is like body and soul Fused together yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing to become one flesh As Adam was When he and Eve were One person Is oh, yeah. yeah. mm-hmm. it possible if that, ha- that happens Without a, a wedding or a marriage? If what happens without fusion? fusion? Yeah, big time And how to undo it? How do you undo it? <laughs> <laughs> <That's a good laughs> um, so I don't know if you can really um, and I don't know if you need to Because even if the person's a bad person And you wish you were not connected There's no such thing really as a bad person Meaning all of us have good and bad in us And some people are really much better at the good part And some people are really not very good at put, keeping down the bad part And we want to avoid those people And we have jails for those people So, So sometimes... We, we have interactions with bad people. When I say bad people, meaning people whose bad side, dark side, is is winning. And so I don't want to be connected to that person. But you also have a good and a bad side. I and mean, we all have it. Everyone's made of light and darkness. So, so I don't know if it's such a big deal because when they'll die, when this person dies, the part of them that's good is the only part you could ever meet. Because... This may sound a little complex too, but bad, darkness, bad, is only a function of extremity, meaning extreme distance from God, the extremities from the light. So, meaning if you want to do something wrong, you're really going away from the light of Hashem. And when you do something good, like help a person when it's appropriate, it's not, sometimes it's dark to help a person. Because your wife and kids are waiting for you, and you're helping somebody else while you you forgot your main people. So, like, there's even good can be bad. But, but let's say, let's say that um, that the extremities of the darkness are they're only further from the light. Well, what's far from the light? The farthest thing from the light is the actual physical world. This world is as far from the light as you can get. That's why this whole world is called by the Kabbalists darkness. It's called klipot, olam haoshek. Whereas the light of Hashem is the olam, olam haor. It's the light, world of light. And because the light's coming from there, I mean, everything's projected from the light. So the further closer you are to the light, everything gets light. So that means whatever soul you are connected to, in the in that world. In the world of light, you'll only be dealing with the light side anyway. Because anything you do that's dark stays down here. And there's actually a there's actually a scrub brush. Uh, there's a whole scrub brush realm called Gehenna. That's just made of like uh, I think it's just made of scotch scotch bright. You know the you know the stuff that people clean dishes with. <laughs> Obviously, it's not made of anything physical because we're talking about things that are ethereal. These are not physical things, but Whatever darkness attaches to you that you did not clean off with the four steps of tshuva, which are um, stop, say, regret, commit, meaning to do those four steps for things you did that were dark, if you didn't scrub it off yourself, so there's other ways to get it off. One of those ways is, is God sends what seems like undue suffering, but it's not... And it is undue. I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense how much someone can suffer, but but it does um, it does have a cleansing effect to suffer in this world because having your darkness scraped off later, you can have some scraped off now, and the uh, and no one of course wants to suffer, and therefore do chuva, like when you do something wrong. Responsibility back to Adam and Eve. You know, don't start saying he went that way. Point here, and take responsibility, and clean yourself off in your life. Get clean inside and out. Authentic, real. So anyway, but that that's that's basically how it works. So you don't have to worry about being attached to a bad person because there's no such thing, really. There's a person who's allowed their bad side, their dark side, to to win. And of course it'd be nicer to be attached to someone who's clean, but Yeah, but that's what I was thinking. I didn't know what we were talking about. But but we're all part of that clean world and so is the person from the dark side. Yeah, man.
1: So if so is it possible that we're just going back a you, to be fused with someone without a marriage and then but getting married wouldn't that be Problem you're to someone but there,
0: like, yeah yeah no it's not a problem so. not a problem and if and if, the, if the, that the if it sh- was sh- if that fusion with that person was was uh, caused negativity in their lives mm-hmm. meaning it was a selfish thing it was all part of darkness
1: mm-hmm.
0: even if you like them and if you love them but you know it's clearly not. Not good for the in the ultimate end of things. It wasn't good. It didn't last. Didn't go towards marriage. It didn't. And then she, of course, now is married, but kind of has someone else in the bedroom with her, meaning meaning the person who had been with her. So, so then she, her part of her spirit waits in this scotch bright realm. Yeah. Her spirit waits there, and but you can do chupa. You can do chuva. You can actually call the person up and say, "Like, hi, I was an idiot, and I'm that idiot, and now I realize how selfish I was, and, and I'm begging you for forgiveness." You might have to do that a few. You might have to make a few tries, but uh, yeah, you can clean it up. Yeah. It's a little. It becomes an interesting question when she's married. <laughs> to have a conversation like that with a woman who's married, you know, from you know from the past, that's like that's pretty awkward. And so some rabbis, when you explain all the details of her life, will say, "No, you no, know, no, you're just do whatever chuba you can do. You're going to be busted when you get upstairs. Not appropriate." But if by any chance that person's single, jump on it before they get married, because it's, it's, it's not so appropriate to be doing it with a married person, to be uh, having that kind of conversation with them. Good questions. Good
1: questions.
0: Uh, Fused souls.
1: And then deeper, um, just going back to Gehenna. So, this, what exactly is going on in there? What's. In Gehenna? In Gehenna. Is it more of like. Is the cleansing something the soul can feel? Is the cleansing something the soul is
0: huh. it's I don't know what it is. I mean you ask me what it is. <laughs> All I know is you sleep in the bed you made, you know. You you did move you did stuff that was selfish and away from God. Right. So now you gotta go deal with that. you got to get through it, you know, you got to just get through it. It's not easy to get through it. It's not a nice experience. I don't know how bad it is, but I have a feeling it's really rough.
1: Some, Some rabbis say it's just like the purest regret, and we can kind of like see that in the world that regret leads to suicide, so we can kind of look at regret and realize that it's something that's the most one of the most
0: painful places. could be yeah. and then others are just saying yeah you're going to be like stretched and. and... no no nothing physical it won't be physical mm. there's no physicality so how can you, you got to have a body to get stretched mm. really hard to stretch a person's soul anyway so so but it but it's it's quite quite rough
1: mm.
0: and uh, I mean, there, and therefore I mean, it's much better it's... to do tshushuva just to show the. Why wait around for such stuff? Hmm. Okay, any other randoms? Yeah, another question. So, I
1: remember I was talking to you once and you said that um, if Gehenim doesn't clean you, I mean, like, I guess that's a possibility. like There's the process of um,
0: reincarnation of the soul. No, reincarnation is another thing. It's not because of Gehenim. Ghan- Gehenim cleans everybody. Okay. You can't get through Gehenim without being totally clean, because in the world of light, there's no dark. So,
1: then what is like-
0: so whatever darkness is left has to get dealt with and get in. So there's only light. Nothing dark follows you, which is really good news. You know, your eternity will be only in light, because just, it's a matter of metaphysics. There's no, there's nothing dark there. So how can you be in an area where there's no darkness and experience darkness? You can't. It's only light. But you have to get through an area where that's that's called Gahannim before you can get there. Now, as far as reincarnation is concerned, reincarnation is not a punishment unless it's some kind of weird, severe thing where someone gets brought back in a dog, which I told the story a few years ago of how my... I told it, I don't know, maybe a few months ago, my student who came back as a dog. You guys are here for that story. I mean, it's such an odyssey of a story, but I literally had one of my students come back as well. How
1: did
0: you know? You guys said, I thought your students never crash and burn. (laughs) Like that's really bad. how did you know that (laughs)
1: it
0: was? You'd have to understand, once you hear the story, you know, you have to hear the story. It's just the wildest thing ever. Yeah, it's on there, but I don't know which one it is. Uh, Let me think, no. I have no idea which one it is. Okay, a couple more questions. Are you coming in a She was a little before you. Yeah. Okay, and I suppose you have a
1: discussion or a misunderstanding with somebody. Yeah. And you ask forgiveness, okay? Yeah. And if the other person don't say yes, or Doesn't don't forgive, don't forget, how do you know if God will forgive you not or not? I mean, is, does God will forgive me? If you so don't, I'll
0: tell you, you what, the be, the rules are like this. You have to ask forgiveness, (coughs) seriously, serious forgiveness, three times. If they don't forgive you the third time, then whatever it is that you did goes on them. Now, if you really love someone, don't ask them a third time if you know they're not (laughs) going to forgive them. I mean, if you really care about the person. So you don't want to ask forgiveness three times. When I say forgive, it's not like, sorry, sorry, sorry. That's three. (laughs) You know? It's not like that. This is real forgiveness. Meaning I think uh, I think the second time you have to bring rabbis with you. Like you need like bearded men. Can you imagine showing up with two bearded rabbis? Like these are my new friends.
1: <laughs> I
0: roll with them. these guys. You know, but you gotta actually bring people like who add weight to it. And also the third time you gotta bring them. And uh, so it's really it's really better not to ask a third time if you just feel this person's encalcitrant. Okay? And, yeah, you have a question?
1: Yeah, um, on a topic of, like, reincarnation, it's kind of different. Um, you said basically,
0: like, you die, is nothing but lightness, but I, I feel like when you die, there has to be some kind of,
1: like, lesson or process that you go through, and then some kind of lesson or process or learning that you go through, and then I guess if you come back, like, is there a conversation with God and, like, the kind of life that you're going to live? But you're saying like um, you could reincarnate as a dog, but like I, what's what's like determining that? Like something, there must be something going on there. Or, like, yeah, coming back like, as a
0: person's like that's that's a super. Except, I'm sorry, coming back as an animal is super unique. That you, know, you got to do something really wrong to come back as a as an animal.
1: So is there some? Kind of but this person
0: had something there? else going on because when he was alive, my student, he was a dog. As I meaning when he was a person, he was a dog. <laughs> I'm not kidding I'm talking about I'm, I'm talking about like biting people and like and when he when like left to his own devices he would dress as a dog and start biting people he'd put in jail many times with the biting and I know mean, people go in the hospital and the biting I had to pay the hospital bills
1: it
0: was my student you know and I covered hospital bills for people he paid me back. I mean, eventually I got my money back. But.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, the
0: weirdest thing is he came back as a dog, which is totally insane, and died on my doorstep.
1: What? Wait. Yeah. I'm so confused. <laughs> <good. laughs> died on my
0: doorstep. You're telling us like as a dog.
1: <laughs>
0: the dog died on my
1: doorstep. But the crazy thing is,
0: back to being rabbi is is that he knew to come to my house, meaning I was the only rabbi. I mean, how many rabbis are going to stick with a dog? Meaning a human who thinks he's a dog and keeps biting <laughs> So he was so difficult. It was so hard to be his rabbi. I mean, it was insane. Insane. I'm probably the hardest student I've ever had. As a, you know, just challenging, trying to guide him. And, but I did stick with him. He was thrown out of so many people's, meaning so many rabbis' homes. And I never would throw him out. I just don't. I don't throw people out. That's it. No matter what. And so interesting, he came and died on my doorstep when he came back as a dog.
1: Which is very interesting. Story.
0: No. It's a long story. I'm just, you're just getting little tidbits.
1: <sighs>
0: yes, yeah, so you were saying, oh, about this process.
1: Yeah, like, is
0: everything... Yeah, sadly, most people have no idea what they're doing here. Whether they're having conversations with God when they leave here and when they're on their way back, my sense is you do... My sense is you have that mission given to you, but no one remembers it, so it's no good. Well, what's the difference? You know, you know, it was sent to you. We don't know. So, but the and the only reason I sense it is because is because the person who trained me in hypnosis is also I worked in hypnosis in therapy for five years, and the person who trained me believed in that you could actually do past life regression therapy, and trained us how to do it. And so I did notice that doing past life regression therapy that they all got to talk to God. Meaning, I don't know what kind of talking to God they were really doing because like what level of talking to God are they actually doing? But they did get get to find out why they were here and they also got to find out what their missions were coming back. But then they blew it each time because they didn't know what it was when they were back. And I literally took them through I, uh, there was one guy that the teacher took through. He's one of the one of the students being trained in hypnosis. It's a therapist training. I mean, one of the guys being trained in hypnosis was, you know, sometimes we were the guinea pigs. And he was the guinea pig for a past life. This guy, this guy went through hell every time he was alive. Sure. Yeah. He was alive for many years I'll show everyone online. yeah
1: it's so good it's incredible this book's
0: called Many Lives Many many Masters by
1: Dr. Brian L. Wise. of course he's Jewish it's literally what we're talking about everyone was being primated that's here well, if like more, has we're, we're all reincarnated. reincarnated. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the the,
0: the Kabbalah says that after the destruction of the first Temple, there's been no new souls introduced to creation. We're all recycled. All of us are
1: recycled. Yeah, there's no concept of time; it's just a continuation. It's maybe our bodies are different, but
0: our souls are. Well, right, but the, whatever souls were at Sinai, not all of them had bodies yet, and so over the next thousand years before the destruction of the first Temple, they were recycled. Resi- it wasn't a thousand years. It was yeah, it was close to a thousand years. Ago. They were recycled. They, they were. there were. They were introduced
1: is it in bodies continue, till the first time. Our souls continue
0: until like their kid
1: is done, or is it just like there's? In our lifetimes.
0: Oh, how many times do we keep coming? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's tough kid to oriented, but uh, maybe this will help. Because you had a question, or Peter had a question about <laughs> the breakdown of souls. You also had a question. A lot of soul questions. We really should have started a new class. Why don't we... I gotta get out of
1: here.
0: No, no, no. Yes. No. (laughs) No. No, I really do. I really do. I'm running a four and a half hour personal transformations program tonight. And I gotta be like just a little bit fresh for the people paid 1500 shekels each to be there you know like I gotta be like somewhat fresh for them and I'm coming from a three hour mountain bike ride I still haven't showered I just happen to be the hairless wonder so I don't smell from sports now now thank god thank god my father had like no body hair on him and I somehow inherited that which is great I saved money on cosmetics no.
1: Just to show you
0: how things work.
1: It's less for men than women. Men have less hair than women? No, the cost of stuff is less for men than women. Oh my gosh, yes. Did you know that? The
0: question yeah. is who smells more? Do women smell more than men? I know they're more worried
1: about it. <laughs> someone, I mean, can, you, can someone Google here,
0: do men or women create more body odor? Well,
1: men's yoga are definitely stronger than men. Is it? Yeah, she's not yeah. merciful. Well, also because they believe
0: that, like, women want... Good okay, let's, let's stand out there. When Mashiach comes, what soul do they come back as? Oh, great question. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm doing my art, I'll answer who asked <laughs> that question. <laughs> While well, I'm doing my art, so it turns out it's a Mahlokas Kabbalists. It's a machlocus amongst the Kabbalists. Which soul comes up?
1: Which, is, no, uh, which, body. Which, which body? Which body, sorry, which yeah. body?
0: So, so, one is, one opinion, one opinion is, is the majority opinion, is that all the bodies come up.
1: Uh, so and the soul gets, soul gets soul? broken into it Yeah, does. so
0: she said, who gets the soul? Well, well boy, guess, boy. watch what I'm doing now.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, one of the mistakes you make, and that's why I'm drawing this, one of the mistakes, mis- one of the mistakes, <laughs> one of the mistakes people eat. One of the mistakes people make is that. One of the mistakes people make is that they think that the body and the soul are a one to one ratio. Your body and soul do not have a one to one ratio. It's not like like one Red Bull with one vodka. Okay, it's not. This is not a, a cocktail. Okay, it's so. For example, you could have a soul of <coughs> <coughs> oh, the same time. let's have them hold hands actually. <laughs> <laughs> you can have a soul. That has all
1: kinds of people. That's where the concept of soul mates come from. Also, mm-hmm. yes,
0: soulmates. And you have many of them. There's only one you're supposed to marry. You have many of them. I Meaning you can meet your soulmate. How old are you?
1: 22.
0: You can meet your soulmate, and and she's 68. But she's just part of your soul. You're not supposed to marry her.
1: Right.
0: Much to the, like, I know that doesn't sound very egalitarian and all that stuff. But, but she ain't the one you marry, okay? The... And also, I mean, you can meet a girl who's your soulmate. And she's nine. But we'll put you behind bars you marry her. Yeah, so... so, you know, But you have lots and lots of these. I mean, just do the math. Think about it. Let's do the math. I I need lots of phones today. Um, We got that one playing music. We got mine doing the live feed. Can I borrow your calculator, please? Thank you. So if you do the calculation, according to... Uh, what was at Sinai, we had 600,000 root souls, right? Sorry. How many Jews are in the world today? 14 million. million. So 14 million. 14 million (coughs) divided by (laughs) 600,000 root souls. Oops, I went too far. You're saying
1: there's 14 million Jews, right? I'm
0: usually not doing math. (laughs) 14 million divided by 600,000 Equals. You ready for this? Ready for how many potential people are walking around with your soul potential? I mean, we don't know. How many, how
1: many souls are there?
0: I'm just doing e- like I'm 000. making an even map. Yeah, we're, we're right now. There's 14 million people, six hundred fourteen million 14 million Jews, 600,000 root souls of Judaism. I thought
1: there was 600,000 like people that left um, the trying. They were
0: the root souls. There were also the men and the children. There were three million, 600,000 root cells. Here we go. You ready? 23.3 people could be walking around the world who share your soul. 23.3. I hate to see that point three one. one. The,
1: <laughs> do I don't know which one you Yeah, like the, the These would
0: all have to be Jewish. Jewish. These are the Jewish souls.
1: Likely, like
0: Likely. Soul. They're yeah. very likely family members. Yeah. Have any of you felt like you're your parents? Your parents parent my brother sure. you feel like your <laughs> brother's a parent
1: no like like a soul like a someone
0: you're always supposed to oh be with yeah uh-huh. um, yeah uh-huh. a non-jewish person have a jewish soul sure yeah if their soul was one of those souls present at Sinai but the uh, but their they were they were brought into the world in a gentile body mm-hmm. and they have to now catch up with the with their spirit so to speak their spirit was its Sinai.
1: So, is, it, is that like somebody who converts? Yeah. So technically they're... Like, but like a real like conversion,
0: Jewish. not like Christina Cross marrying, you know, so some Jewish lawyer Jewish in L.A. <laughs> What's that? So their souls are Jewish since their physical part. Mm-hmm. Their souls are Jewish. Um. Now, regarding what body comes out of the ground, because we have this crazy thing called which means the resuscitation of the dead, <laughs> which is really funny. But, but why is it funny? Because everything in Judaism is so rational, and then we have this like, like this gigantic like elephant in the room, super rational thing of resuscitation of the dead, meaning the dead will rise. Um, by the way, it's really important to get buried in Israel because this is where that happens. So you don't want to miss out. So it's good to get buried. It's good to get buried in Israel. I'm always trying to convince people to get buried in Israel. You know, I taught it. You want to hear something crazy? About 20 years ago, I taught an entire class all the details of why to get buried in Israel. Listen to this. There's a guy in the class. I don't know who the people are in this class, Like I've never seen this lady before. So I apologize if I have, but sorry. I've never seen that guy back there or whatever. So anyway, this guy's in the class who who doesn't know his toe from his elbow in Judaism. Nothing. All he knows is there's a God and like, and it's great to be Jewish, you know. And he's in my class, the only class he went to, about how important it is to be buried in Israel. But you ready for this? I know nothing about this guy. He just walked out of the class. I never, even, I don't even recognize. I mean, when he told me the story, I never even, I didn't even recognize him because it had been a couple years. He flies back to America, exhumes his parents' bodies apparently his parents must have died very young because this guy was only 20 some years old, young 20s. He exhumes his parents' bodies years after they were buried, flies them to Israel buries them in Israel, comes right to my class to tell me the great news. And I was just like, are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me, man? So I was like, whoa, you know. I, I mean, I guess I could have had the class about anything, you know. Shouldn't have had a class on Canine Pogimbo or something. You know, that would have been dangerous. So, anyway, the guy exhumed his body. But now we had a question: Why? Why? Uh, who do you? Who comes out of the ground in the resuscitation of the dead? And and there's two answers to that. One is all your bodies come out. They all come out. Which is kind of cool because you're going to have some amazing drinking buddies. You know, you're never going to run out of what to talk about. You know, you have everything in common with these people, and I'll be able to go mountain biking with probably all of them, which is great. You know, we'll, we'll have a whole mountain bike club, just our group of souls. And uh, anyway, so you'll you'll just have a lot in common with them. The other opinion, which is more of a minority opinion, but super cool opinion, super cool. You ready for this? every one of the mitzvahs is connected to a part of your body. The 248 positive commandments are connected to your limbs and organs because you have 248 limbs and organs. Women have a a little different. It's really cool how it works Mm -hmm. with the names of Isha and Isha. It's really cool how it works with the numbers. But we're not going to do that and I don't remember it anyway. I'd have to ask Rabbi Schloss. Who knows it? Uh, Moshe Schloss. And... um, and uh, Does anyone know Moshe Toss from the co-telling list right next door? Do you ever meet him sometimes? Can you ask him for me and get back to me?
1: What was it? Just
0: ask him what's the difference in the men's and women's numbers of the organs and their names and stuff. Anyway, you have 248 organs and limbs connected to the positive commandments and you have 365 connective tissues, which are the 365 negative commandments. So all the all the ligaments and the sinews and all the joints and all the connective parts of your body, the bones, are 365. You understand? So, so every time you live your life here, in this world, every incarnation, you're doing specific commandments. Like, for example, you were probably a Kohen once in the temple. And all the mitzvahs of Kohen you did. And... How do you and, even know that? Me? and you were probably once, no offense... My
1: like dad's a Kohen. Well... <laughs>
0: So you were once, uh, Rabbi, you were once a woman. I <laughs> feel bad those people took off. Did they give any money for the family? They just left with that. Uh, we're not used to me having a double slot. Anyway, the um, so you've been there, done that. By the way, it said. it's said, and I believe this to be true, that every woman... Has already done the man thing, and that's why they're so humble. I'm not talking about post-feminism, but I mean the other thousands of years of <laughs> female history.
1: You know? What's that? Every woman
0: started out men. No, no, meaning, meaning, meaning. I was probably once a woman a few times, but anyone's a woman was for sure was a man. Why? Because women don't get jealous. Like, a a real woman is not jealous of her husband, you know, whatever stupid thing he pretends to do all day, you know, to make a living, you know, or whatever. She's not like, oh, I wish I was the one out there pretending I do something, you know. Whereas the man's like, don't say pretend, I'm really doing stuff out there. This is important, you know. And, of course, God, God's the ultimate stamp. He says, no, you're pretending, And I want you to stop pretending once a week on Shabbat. Why do you think God makes us stop working once a week? Because we're all pretending we do stuff. We're not doing anything. God's doing all this. God does everything we do. And it was once upon a time that women actually got that. And there are still some women who get that. Men don't get it. Men think they're doing things. And that's why men don't like Shabbos as much. Because it's like, you want me to what? I'm gonna put down my crackberry for 24 hours. What will happen? Doesn't everyone need me? And the f- so s- men are so sad that no one's gonna remember them. You know, a hundred years from now, none of us. No one's gonna remember any of us. Like, I mean, there may be some, like, like total freak. Who's like, loves vintage YouTube videos that will maybe know who I am. <laughs> like some total freak. <laughs> who's like, just the weirdest guy of the generation. Who's like, And he's like, watching my videos. Because they at least get everyday printed on here. But no one's going to remember me and you, nobody. I mean, is there anyone in this room can name anything that anyone said or did? Unless, of course, they wrote a book, Then that's not fair, because books last. But can anyone mention anyone that anyone said or did of your own direct grand, great, great, I mean, it would be great, 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 great grandparents. Anyone remember any of that stuff? Anyone know a single detail? And this is the beauty of women, is women are just like, who cares? You know, let's just sit with some candlelight, staring into each other's eyes for the next two hours. The man's just like, all right. How am I doing? Because <laughs> he just wants to go do 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 do. But then there's do do everywhere, and the and and the fact that women have fallen into that is like so sad, so sad. And the fact that I managed to raise girls who are not like that is an open miracle, an open miracle. Especially being my kids. So, show them everybody. Have a great day. Enjoy.